Hey, you've made it to Sprayspace, where people managing social media accounts come for community. This year, our focus is social media for good. Together, we can work to make social media a landscape for healthy online communities to grow. Sound good? Then come along with us on the Sprayspace podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and strive to make social media better for us all. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spryspace podcast. This is a special episode today because there's not one of us here. There's not two of us. There's six of us on the podcast today. So I'm very excited to have us. We've got Chad and Lindy and Adrian and Rachel and Amber. So everybody say hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. It's so nice to be together. (laughs) Yes, it is. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) So we always like to start off the podcast with a question about um, any piece of social media content that you consumed over the week that brought you joy. And I got to steal the answer to this question. So I just finished off a four week class with a group of seven students at Clark College in Clark County, Washington. And um, I love doing those classes. You get to like build some really nice longer term relationships with people who are really eager to learn. And um, the best part about it, you know, as soon as we we start working together, I go and I'll follow all their channels and we learn about posting and strategy and advertising and analytics. And I start watching and like this week, I saw one of the accounts um, that is a, a pregnancy education account and she started posting stories for the first time this week before she was only doing grid posts and now she's posting stories. And like, I'm just commenting back like, yes, 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 the whole time. So that kind of thing, being able to follow people who you're educating and watch how they progress and their strategy progresses and their content improves over time. That brought me a lot of joy. I know that you thrive on seeing um, people learning. It makes me feel like it connects the dots. You know, it's I love to be up there and teach, but you're right. The real joy from it comes when I can see them applying something and then they're off on their own applying it and I don't have to do anything about it. It's it does. It brings me lots. Mm-hmm. So we are entering into March now. And if you don't know, March is actually Women's History Month. So Adrian brought to the table the idea of spending this whole month talking about women, um, talking about women using social media to organize for good. So that's what we're going to do all month long. Um, And this week we decided, well, we're all women and Chad. um, (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we are using social media to organize for good. And we also are very plugged in to other people using social media to organize for good. So our first episode of the month, we're focusing on what women, especially ourselves, um, I, I almost, especially with Chad here, I almost want to say women slash parents, um, basically the nurturers, <laughs> you know, the people who are responsible for carrying their household, plus having a job, plus taking care of their children. And, um, that's where we're at. <laughs> so, so a lot is being asked of this segment of the population right now during the pandemic. And so we're pretty, um, we're pretty excited to just shine a light on what we and other people that we know or follow are doing, um, how we're doing it and just kind of giving each other some some pats on the back. I think we need that a little bit right now. So 
I would love to start with I I would love to start with Lindy. Lindy, can you give me just a little bit of background on what you've got going on right now in regards to how you're using social media as as a tool to organize for good? Absolutely. I am a mom of three and a half. Um, so I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and I am 24 weeks pregnant. Um, and so... God, is it 24 already? Yeah. <laughs> it's plugging along. Um, I'm finally starting to really look pregnant, so that's nice. <laughs> and I homeschool, and I work part-time from home for Spry. Um, and so I do a lot of things on the computer. And one of the main things that I'm doing right now um, is for school. You know, I am plugged into an online community of other homeschooling parents. And that's a place where I can find support and ideas and education and talk about what types of educational materials are out there and what they're using. And, you know, we'd been hitting after Christmas and then we all got sick and we were having a really hard time plugging back into school and attitudes with homework and stuff like that. Um, and that same week I saw somebody else posting, oh my gosh, my child does not want to do school. And everybody else is like, oh, February is so hard. It's winter and after Christmas and all of these things. And so it has been really nice to just be like, oh, it's not just us. You know, all of these people are experiencing it. This is how they are mitigating those kind of learning frustrations during this time period. Don't you think I just love the fact that we have more access to data points? You yes. know what I mean? Because without the Internet and social media where we can all be sharing what we're experiencing, we do feel that sense of isolation. And absolutely. And this siloed sense that, you know, it must be something we're doing that's causing this instead of it being a, a, a problem that many people are experiencing. Right. Like, oh, has my parenting changed? Has my teaching changed? Did I let my child watch too much TV while we were sick or did they, you know, whatever. And then it's like, oh, no, it's just everyone is experiencing this same kind of thing right now. Yeah. Did did anybody hear homeschool when you were growing up? No. Um, one of my best friends home was homeschooled. I did not homeschool growing up, um, but my, one of my best friends did. And I remember back in the 90s going to her house and her parents literally had like catalogs and like magazines and they would like write letters to other homeschool um, families. But it was very like you had to literally like get a magazine, get like homeschooling publications, get your, you know, your content from the state or whatever. But it was so much, you had to do so much more, you know, you're kind of like an island almost um, yeah. back in the 90s. And I just remember like they would have, I mean, gatherings and that sort of thing, but it's just so much more of your network is accessible online now. Absolutely. All that analog homeschooling. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, it's funny, right? Because what, Lindy and Rachel, you both homeschooled prior to the pandemic. And then Chad, Amber, and I, I mean, I never would have thought that I would homeschool my children. It's just not something that's like a calling to me. I like teaching adults who pay to be there, not children who like don't. <laughs> 
were Amber and, and Chad, either of you ever think you would you would have your kids at home and be managing their education that way? No way. <laughs> I've always kind of considered myself a teacher, but not like for a job, not for, you know, a soul. I'm solely responsible for it. And so that's been a new thing for me. Yeah. I actually have considered homeschool on a few different occasions, but I honestly, you know, growing up, I had several friends and, and my cousins even were homeschooling and, and they really did more like an unschool, I guess, you know, they weren't, their parents were not super disciplined. And those are some of the smartest, most well-rounded people, adults today. And so I know that there's value in that sort of like, we don't really have a schedule. We learn to read and then we go and we take hikes and we do all these other things. I know there's value in that too. So there's part of me that's always been curious about that. Um, but I am pretty positive. I am too lazy to be homeschooled. <laughs> you are not. You're the least lazy person we know. What are you talking about? <laughs> I like, I like to get my hands into things that I like to do. And I don't think that I would like to homeschool. I like the idea of it. I just don't think that I would like to be tied to it. That There's also sense. the sense of, uh, I, I was a snowboard instructor for 10 years and I mean, I'm not like, I don't t educate people on how to learn, like how to read and write, but there is something that's true where we, we always say this, don't ever try to teach your significant other or your family member how to ski or snowboard because you might divorce, you might, there might be some <laughs> violence, there might be something because there's all these emotions, like, you know, there's all this emotional stuff that comes with it, mm -hmm. especially with a pandemic on top of everything else, which is why it's so amazing to me that all you all are homeschooling. <laughs> but if you, you know, because to, to be a teacher, you really have to like suspend your emotions when you're teaching somebody like, you know, and that's why it's so great to hire somebody like, you know, what? that's why people would hire me to teach people because I don't know them, you know, their little ticks don't annoy me, you know. <laughs> Lindy, did you have something there? Yeah. Uh, on that same vein, my husband and I had a similar conversation this week because I'm teaching my, uh, almost kindergartner, some of the basics of reading. And we'd done one program and it wasn't really working. So we switched. And so she knows like the, the names and sounds of a handful of her letters, but she like doesn't always have that like focused connection time. So she'll like sit there and she'll be like, I'll ask her a question and she just sits there and I can see that she's not even trying to connect it in her brain. And internally I'm going, I know that you know what this is. Why are you just sitting there? <laughs> and so having taught my own kids and worked in a school setting, you're right. It is so much easier with other people's children to just accept what it is that they're giving you and then like provide the scaffolding for that next level of education where when you're the parent you assume that you you know what they've done and you are like well I know that you should know this now why are you not showing that you know this mm -hmm. so I really have this last week have had to be like okay let's let's do some scaffolding let's <laughs> let's work on helping her connect question to thought process to answer 
Okay. That was great. Thank you, Lindy, for that. Um, we're all going through that right now. And, um, you know, I want to move on to Amber right now. Cause Amber, I think that, that what you have to say here fits really well. So talk to me from your position. I mean, you've, you are the least lazy person I've seen. So I never want to hear you say that again. Um, <laughs> because let's talk for a second about the kind of things that you have been able to do, um, using social media and the internet for your community, um, on top of everything else that you're doing. Yeah. So the pageant answer to this is the way I use social media for good is by bringing my community together. (laughs) That's the pageant answer. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) let me elaborate a little bit or give a couple examples. Um, uh, I, for those that maybe are new to the podcast or don't know, I actually live in a pretty remote area. My uh, closest like large grocery store is about 40, 45 minutes away. If that gives you a little bit of a, an idea. So, um, our school district consists of several small, um, towns. If you can even call them that they have their own zip codes and that's about it. Um, but given that, uh, when we moved out here, um, there wasn't a lot of online communication. And so I, as somebody, I felt like an outsider and I was like, I don't, how do you know how to sign up for sports? How do you know when the PTA meetings are? How do you know all these things? Um, and so I really am a firm believer that you need to be the change you want to see as cliche as that might sound. If you are frustrated by something or if you feel like something could be done better, instead of complaining about it, jump in and see how you can help or just ask whoever's doing it, how can I help? Um, and so that's exactly what I have done. And so over the years I now help, um, I am either the admin on several of our youth sports pages or I help the people who are the admins on that. I've kind of become the go-to person whenever they're trying to, they either need some graphics or they want to um, understand how to do a certain function and, or is a group better, is a page better? And so I'm using social media for good to bring, um, in that sense, the athletics, the youth athletics in our community together. And, you know, those things are just programs in general out here are slim. I mean, we don't have, we do have a mu- our retired music teacher does provide music lessons and there are a lot of kids who do that, but we don't have karate. We don't have a nature club. We don't have a lot of the things that maybe you might see in a more urban area. So because of that, these sports programs are so important. And um, I'm really using those to make sure that kids stay involved and stay active with COVID. It's just, it feels even more important to make sure they have something to do. Um, and I, I'm really actually very concerned about our kids' mental health right now with not being in school for now a year. Uh, and so these sports are starting to come back, but we still have a pandemic and we still have a little bit of a threat, you know, or a lot of threat, depending on what area you live in of this of being sick or getting sick. So I've used social media for good in the way that we have now taken um, our local sports programs and brought them online. So I'm using those um, 
platforms to communicate that. And so now we don't have to do any kind of online registration. Um, we don't have to have papers going back and forth from the school. And I think that we're reaching a broader audience. And I, we actually, and I don't know if it's because people are desperate to get out of the house, but we actually have more kids participating in fast pitch for the most current example than we have had in years. So that's exciting. And then I would just use the, in the same vein, the last thing um, is that I am on our school board here in our school district. And uh, one of the things as a parent and as a volunteer at the school that I often heard was, um, you know, there's a lot of like concern about why the school board makes certain decisions. And once I get in here and kind of was in those meetings that they're not behind closed doors, they're public meetings, but not often do people come. <laughs> it's hard to to want to go to a boring meeting when you've been working all day, right? So um, that being said, I've made it a mission to help with the communication and transparency of the board with the community and with the teachers that are in our district. So we use social media to um, make sure that we're keeping everybody apprised or, uh, of everything that's going on so that they feel like part of that process and they're no longer feeling so disconnected from it that they just wanna be like, I can't believe you made that decision. So um, yeah, that's that's how I'm using social media for good uh, in my community. Have you felt um, you know, that sense of fulfillment that can come when you are putting in that kind of work to really reach a community and bring a community together? Has that been pretty fulfilling work for you? Oh, yeah. I think I get the same kind of high, if you will, when you see... Um, when you have see one of your students like implementing the things and you're like, like a proud mom, I feel similarly when I see a program taking off. I mean, uh, the, the great example is every, my phone is blowing up online order confirmation, online order confirmation. You know, the way we got that word out was using social media primarily. So every time that happens, I'm like, I did it. (laughs) So I'm so happy. People are biting there, you know, so it, it is, it's very fulfilling. Um, and it also makes me feel proud that these kids who they're, they might be living in a remote area, which is so good for so many reasons. I mean, we are right there to lakes and rivers, everybody kayaks and hikes. They hunt for their own food. I mean, it's a different way of life out here, but these kids still get to have some normalcy with these programs. And so, um, yeah, I definitely feel proud of them for sure. Good. Thank you. So I never want to hear you say the word lazy again. Do you understand? <laughs> I I like to say that for drama. <laughs> you do, I don't know I'm you? I'm not lazy. <laughs> I la- There's something about self, self-deprecating humor. Did I say yeah, that word did. right? Yeah, you did. You got it. I, I, I like to be really obnoxious. When I call myself fluffy all the time, <laughs> and my kids think it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> I, I don't know why I think that stuff's funny, but I do. <laughs> All right. I'm going to move on to Rachel now. So if you are listening instead of watching uh, this on video, then you can't tell that right now Rachel is just sitting on top of her beautiful sailboat out in the marina and the background is so beautiful. So Rachel, give us give us some thoughts from your side right now. What are you doing to use social media as a tool to organize for good? Well, when we were given this assignment to come up with something that, uh, you know, an example of social media for good, it 
kind of came to mind that the entire foundation of my current lifestyle is built on community that I have entrenched myself within. Um, so you guys, uh, I think a lot of you know probably that my family and I live on our 40-foot sailboat um, in the Puget Sound. Six years ago, though, we had never even been sailing. We had ne- I had never been on a sailboat. And um, when that idea kind of crossed our path and we decided to start researching what it would be like to have a family on a sailboat, um, I found Facebook group after Facebook group after Facebook group all about uh, people helping others get into this lifestyle. And, um, you know, there are sailing Facebook groups specifically about boat schooling. There are sailing Facebook groups specifically targeted at what it's like to be a woman on a sailboat. And there are Facebook groups specifically about like the technicalities of sailing and, um, you know, kind of broader ones that are more about uh, just the travel aspect of it and how uh, how do you check check into another country when you've never done that in your life? Uh, now I don't need those groups quite so much. Um, I've gained so much experience that I kind of feel like I know a little bit more about what we're doing. But now I use those groups to encourage others to get into the lifestyle um, because it's such an amazing way to live and to see the world um, that I really enjoy helping others, I guess, convince them to try if that's what they want to do. If it's not what you want to do, you know, that's fine. There's plenty of other ways to live a fulfilling life that you love. But if getting into sailing or even just like minimalism, like a minimalistic lifestyle is also something that I'm really passionate about. I really think that things don't give you as much fulfillment in life as experiences. And um, so a lot of that kind of overflows from the sailing lifestyle just to minimalism. Um, There's several women who are very big role models of mine that are in the sailing community um, that also help connect people. Um, there's a woman named Erica that lives on the East Coast that she went sailing with her family. Um, I think they started like eight years ago, maybe 10 years ago. And there was no, there was at that time, no Facebook group to connect families. And she started a Facebook group sailing and cruising boating families and she now has like 6,000 members all around you know every month she does a roll call and everybody can say where they are and help connect boats so that people you know can get together because one of the big things that a lot of people think about the sailing lifestyle is you know what about socialization for your children you know you're isolated on a boat and how do you how do you socialize your kids? They're just alone with you all the time. How is that fair for the kids? <laughs> and it definitely is something to think about and consider, um, especially if you have an only child. Uh, but there are definitely ways. If it's something that you want to do, there are ways that you can connect and meet up with other people, um, so that your child's not alone. Your child has friends that are in the boating community and you can stay together with them and travel with them, um, actually make your plans together, two boats or three boats or however many people 
or you can um, just build that network and basically, you know, a group in each region, like the kids all congregate um, anytime, you know, in, in an anchorage. All the kid boats kind of know who each other are and um, they all get together after homeschool each day and go out and play and swim and, you know, snorkel or whatever it is. Um, and then there's another woman who's from here in the Seattle area and they started a circumnavigation like 12 years ago. And um, does that mean go around the world? Yeah. So they <laughs> and they left they left from Bainbridge Island, um, I believe, in 2008. And they had three kids and um, eventually slowly went all the way around the world, homeschooling their kids on their boat. And um, now their oldest boy is in college in Portland and their other two daughters are like 16 and 18 on the boat. They're in Mexico. And um, the, the wife and the husband, they do cruising coaching to help other people get into the lifestyle. But um, the, the wife, Bian, is, uh, she is really the force. And she, used, she does, she's very active on social media. Um, of course, when they have internet access, you know, they mm -hmm. don't always have internet access, but um, she helps people get into the life and is very encouraging. And she knows all the homeschooling laws, you know, to help people uh, encourage them that you can do this as a family. Um, you don't have to wait until, you know, you're retired and your kids are gone. I have a I have a question for you, Rachel. As you continue on this part of your journey, because um, you're planning in the next, you know, less than six months, really, to kind of be out on the ocean a bit more. Um, will you continue to be using social media this way to kind of share your story and connect and educate others? I think I will. Um, when I first started doing uh social media like when i created my brand pages for our boat um i was of course hoping to make money off of it um at that time you know when we were doing the research and learning about the lifestyle there were not very many people um with youtube channels about sailing uh, we were constantly looking for more content like there was literally a handful of people who had sailing channels and since then it has exploded so much so that there's no way that you could even keep up with like you literally have to at least for us we have to choose one or two to to keep up with and the rest we can't even keep up with anymore mm -hmm. and part of that is because uh especially you know when we're actually out cruising we just don't have time like that's not where we focus we focus instead on us doing it rather than watching other people doing it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that I will definitely continue with um, the the boat page, the branded pages. Um, but it'll probably become less of a uh, focus on like how can I make this pay? How can the, how can I make this be a source of income for me? Um, and more, it'll turn into just sharing our adventures with the people 
you know, at home, our family and friends that know us. Um, and I also like, I've got some family and friends that aren't on social media at all. And so I'm trying, like, I also do email letters that go out to people so that they can keep in touch too. And most of those are like the older generation, you know, my, my great aunt or my great uncle that, you know, aren't on social media, but they, they know how to open an email. <laughs> I'd like to be on your email newsletter list. Email. <laughs> so, you know, I don't think I'm on your email list and I would like on. All right. Well, I mean, that's a simple thing, Lacey. <laughs> well, it's Ra- Rachel has to continue to use social media for good while she's on the open ocean because she knows that her friend Amber will be having a constant anxiety attack until I know she's safe. <laughs> <laughs> From port to port. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll just close Rachel with, I remember a few years ago when we first, um, started working together and, um, we did some personality tests or something. And somehow we came up with like, what was a word that really described us. And I remember you saying adventure was probably the one word that best described you and the life that you want. And it's been really fulfilling to watch you be able to, um, accomplish that over time and get yourself in a place, you know, educating yourself through social media and the communities that you're in to get yourself in a place where you can really live what you are. So, so proud of you. (laughs) Okay. I want to move over to Chad now. So Chad, um, follow Rachel. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> well, I don't live on a boat. I just live in a boring old house. But <laughs> um, No, I mean, personally, um, uh, I have been very lucky that uh, my wife has been able to run a nonprofit from home and during the pandemic using technology and social media, a lot of her work uh, has to do with outreach for youth, and uh, that's the best way to do it is utilizing social media. And so I would be remiss if I didn't mention that. But I also wanted to uh, talk about another person who happens to be the Oregon uh, Secretary of State, Shemaya Fagan. And she has an amazing story. Um, I know about her because she lives in my county, Clackamas County. But she grew up out in eastern Oregon in in Dufur and the Dalles. And uh, when she was in grade school, elementary school, she actually had a pretty hard time with school and was struggling and at home, had a, had a really rough home life. Uh, one of her teachers um, recognized that she needed help and encouraged her to join the uh, chess club. And that gave her something to be uh, to look forward to. And she went on to lead that chess club to championships. Wow. And then uh, fast forward a number of years, she put herself through law school and um, became an Oregon uh, state uh, representative and senator. All the while um, using these amazing social media campaigns. I mean, I remember when she was running, well, I think she was a state senator already, but she would do live streams of herself driving to Salem, going to work. And so she's talking, uh, you know, has her kids in the car and everything, and is doing the, the handing them the snack thing, you know, while she's uh, talking about going to do this legislator's work. And it was just really amazing. And uh, 
Um, I just thought it was uh, tapped in to the to the youth and the uh, utilizing social media to organize for good. And uh, it was just this last election cycle that she ran for uh, secretary of state and she won. And so it's just been really neat to see her accomplish all this stuff and do it in a way that is, uh, I don't know, thoroughly modern. You know, uh, it's just been really cool. I love specifically the example of her driving with her kids in the back and like snacking mm-hmm. them in the back. Like that was the most relatable hand motion I've seen in a long time. Totally, <laughs> like, totally. And, and what I think is so neat about it and probably why it has worked well for her is that we obviously we talk all the time about social media being a, a tool for human humanizing, you know, mm-hmm. and who do we have the least trust for in in today's society, politicians, you know, it's, we have the least trust for that segment of people. Apologies to all of them for whatever, but like (laughs) this, we have the least trust. And so to have a tool like social media that you can use to really humanize and actually be authentic in your organizing for good. So often we think we have to be so polished and covered up and in order to earn respect Mm -hmm. and that's wrong. Mm -hmm. It's really wrong. Well, I have to say, to be completely honest, the very first time I I saw her live streaming that trip, I kind of thought, "What what are you doing?" You know, the are, are, mm-hmm. I mean, or I even kind of thought to myself, "Well, she's not serious." But then Ooh. I then I you know looked into everything and really actually watched a bunch of her YouTube channel videos and everything. And she's just nothing short of a badass. I mean, she's just, <laughs> uh, I mean, just powerful. And she's very serious. So, <laughs> How interesting. Yeah. But when we make a, um, even, if, even if we don't take every moment seriously, when we're serious about the consistency of authenticity mm-hmm. over time, you see it one time and you probably will think, mm, yeah. you know, but you see that consistency and you see the force that it ends up building over time, then you know, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Great examples, Chad. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Adrian, let's let's round out with with you. I know you talked about two examples that you kind of wanted to bring up today. So give us give us what you got here. Well, first of all, I mean, I as a a person who doesn't have kids, I basically everyone who is homeschooling kids and working during this pandemic, you are all. Uh, for, to me, you're all doing social media for good. You guys are all kicking ass because it's, uh, I think I was mentioning, talking about this earlier, but, um, you know, if you ask a busy person to do something, you ask a busy person to get to something done and they'll get it done, which is kind of what's happening here. You know, <laughs> you're guys, you're all, you have more things piled on top of things. And I, I think social media is kind of one of those things that if you need something done and it, it's kind of like you can crowdsource certain things almost. So I think that during the pandemic, social media has become um, not only just a place where we go and like talk to each other, but it's... It really is honestly a way to get things done. So, I mean, good job, you all and everyone listening. You're you're doing great. Uh, So, yeah, just generally, I think that (laughs) uh, it's astounding. But um, a one of the first, uh, you know, as a social media manager during 2020 and we had 
you know, just uh, incident after incident after incident in, you know, in current events. I think people don't really realize how much just current events affects all of our jobs, all of our emotional states. Because generally, you know, if something happens in politics, you read about in the news, and if you're a person, you read it, you get mad, you you talk a little, you know, shit on the internet, and then you you go. <laughs> but if there is something big on the internet that happens, there's a ripple effect, and we all have to absorb and read and deal with it. Um, even if our channels don't directly, you know, uh, you know, don't aren't aren't political at all, just because our channels aren't political doesn't mean we have don't have to like deal with grumpy people or people that are sad they're angry mm-hmm. they're worried scared, scared. Mm-hmm. all that so you know it, we've been dealing with that all 2020 and so leading up to the election which i was you know first the pandemic then i was like great elections coming i wish i could just fast forward to january 2021 that would be great because i don't want to deal with the election i don't want to deal with people on the internet during an election uh so so anyway that's some background to my story um but one of the one of the first accounts that i saw where um i was like oh man maybe maybe the political season won't be so bad was uh there's this account (laughs) that is um in georgia it is a group of strippers from atlanta and they created this (laughs) account it's called get your booty to the pole and i love a good pun (laughs) so they're talking about get your booty to the poll the voting poll but they're also using their polls to pole dance on Oh my god! Um, and they got their, their outfits that are, you know, red, white, blue, and they're, you know, dancing around, educating people on, you know, not just, you know, their polling stations when they have to go, are they registered, um, and talking not just about, uh, you know, who you're voting for, you know, for federal, um, you know, the, for president, but also talking to people about local elections, like yes, you should uh, vote for your local election. Who's your county? commissioner who's your prosecuting attorney who does um you know a lot of like local elections that people don't really pay attention to and so it's it's so funny and it mixed mixed many things that i love puns you know talented ladies that can dance and just a bunch of humor and you know it's it just made my day so that was the first thing where I was like well because you know with politics a lot of times on social media especially people just go straight for the negative they go straight for for the bad but these ladies basically were like shining a light they didn't say anything negative about anybody but they were just like here's some information I have to add that one of Shemaya Fagan's bills that she introduced was for safe working conditions for strippers. Yeah. (laughs) Shemaya. That's how I relate to that story. There you go, Chad. 
<laughs> Wendy. Well, what I love is as we've talked about, as each of us have talked about the things that we've used with the internet or the people that we've seen, what I really love is that sometimes we get stuck in thinking, oh, I'm just a stripper. Who am I to talk about politics? Oh, I'm just a mom. Who am I to talk about politics? Oh, I just moved to this area. Who am I to have an influence? And the reality is that if we are passionate about something, if there's something we care about, each and every one of us can truly have an impact. And it's where we choose to spend our time. You know, if you truly care about something, then find that community, participate in that community, use the internet, use your connections to talk about it, to bring, to be about it. And that there's nothing in this world that can tell us that we can't care about and be passionate and influence for good, especially in this modern day and age. Totally, Lindsay. I love smart, that. Lindy. You're so right. It also, she's so, so it, it smart. It also makes me think, I like, <laughs> I keep thinking about Rachel being like, you know, there's so many other content creators right now. And I'm like, yeah, but none of them are you. <laughs> you know, I just, I think yes. about your unique take on what it is that you're doing and how needed that is for people like you and people who could relate to you. And, I don't know. I, I would say never let competition stop you from it if you want to do it. But if you'd rather just adventure and not have to talk about it all the time, that's okay too. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Constant checking in is required. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Kind of back to what Lindy was saying, one last thing I wanted to uh, mention. I think a theme for the pandemic for 2020 that I think is great for social media is that people, I mean, I've seen it over and over and over again, um, bands that used to, you know, go in person to gigs that are now have whole new personalities, new shows, new creative things um, on the internet. People that, you know, restaurants that are creating, like being creative, like figuring, they're pivoting, they're figuring out new things. And the great thing about this time, this era in social media is that uh, people, it, it doesn't have to be perfectly produced, right? It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be the best of the best of the best. It has to be the best we can do right now because we're in the middle of a pandemic and that kind of like lowers down the production quality, but it heightens the authenticity, Amen. you know, because people are just like off the cuff. You know, I see CEOs so often just like doing like selfie videos being like, hey, my name is Bob, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you would never see that happen. Like a year ago. Yeah. Ever. No, there's something that is so powerful about humanizing people. I was just, as we were talking, looking at Shamaya's stuff um, while you were talking. And, and that's exactly what she's done. She's coming in with a powerful voice, but she's also humanizing herself so that people can relate to her. And it's the same thing for a CEO or somebody who maybe feels out of reach for most people. Um, social media gives us that opportunity to connect on a level that people are comfortable with and I think it's awesome. Mm. Silver linings. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, I like to take credit for most things. So I don't know if you remember our first team meeting after the pandemic when everyone's all worried. And I was like, but think of the innovation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember. Yep. 
You did say that, Lacey. Thank I you. remember. Thank you for giving me that credit. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Okay, so at the end of our podcast, we always like to talk about basically how we are doing with social media right now. You know, um, it's so important for us to be focused on social media as a tool for good. Um, but, you know, like, how are we doing with social media right now? And so we've elected Adrian to answer this question today. So, Adrian, how, how's your relationship with social media going right uh, now? My... My mental relationship is is actually pretty good. My physical relationship is not so good. Uh, I I've, and I've seen a bunch of articles recently about a pandemic body. Basically, you know, everyone's at home. We're working out less. We're gaining weight. We're sad. On top of that, we are you know our workstations are. <laughs> not consistent you know i i work from this amazing leather recliner chair but that is like the most comfy chair ever i get a lot of great ideas from there it has nice lighting i can see the birds outside however last week my back decided this is the week that we say no more to this chair and um my back my literally I, i cannot I, I, it's just so painful, like doing. Everyone's like, do yoga, do this, and I'm like, yoga. W- yoga was six months ago. Now is the time. I don't know <laughs> what the time is for. Maybe a chiropractor. I'm not sure. Maybe yeah. I need to hang out upside down from something. But oh yeah, that'd be. Fun. Uh, but yeah, physically. So you know, I'm looking for a standing desk. I'm looking for all those ergonomic things. But you know, this is a PSA to everyone that you got to take care of your back. Got to take care of your neck. Gotta take care of your body because this is gonna be no bueno for me. I think that's our responsibility, by the way. Um, Put in a reimbursement request for whatever chair you buy. That goes to everybody. (laughs) Right, Lindy? Am I correct? (laughs) That's just for people who work for Sprite, not for everyone listening, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever. Send me your reimbursement request. (laughs) I'd probably approve it. You you might might talk about a cap on that because I I would really like one with massage and heat. Ooh. Yeah. That I actually, yeah. when I bought a chair that I'm sitting in, and it's a fine chair, but when I bought this, I, their office chairs are expensive. They are. Mm. Yeah. Well, and Adrian, they you bring are. up a really, uh, there's a really good point there that, you know, before the pandemic, I think all of us were already, you know, we were already working from home, but how many people weren't? And so they kind of got thrown into working from home and the optimistic person probably was like well it's only gonna be you know for a month or two months and now it's a year later and they're still working from their couch uh you know like yeah you gotta take care of your body (laughs) at this point we don't know when it's going away so yeah Maybe talk to your boss about reimbursement. (laughs) (laughs) Proper home office. Right. Get up every hour. Do some stretches. Uh, You know, I I think, I think, which is a good thing. Everyone, we should all be looking holistically, our mind, our body, everything. But, um, but yeah. And then also for our kids. I mean, I don't have kids, but I see so many little, little guys like with their head down like this. Like just, I read somewhere that like every inch forward your head turns is like another like 10 pounds of pressure on your neck. 
and I'm just I'm just like wow that's that's a lot you know and so you know we have these these phones that we're just kind of looking down on all day long for hours and hours and hours and that adds up over time somebody somebody's got to start like a um you know a youth pandemic facebook group with daily exercises specifically for your neck and mm, shoulders there we go. <laughs> you know to like you know what somebody start it <laughs> calm down At your body you would use this idea for free <laughs> jason used to work i mean he's worked all around the world and um you know, Americans work more than any other country, I think, any that he's been in at least. And he said that there are companies in Europe that, and it, it cracks me up, it reminds me of a movie, but like at certain times during the day, they'll come over the light, loudspeaker and say, it's time for your daily exercises several times a day. And everybody stops what they're doing and they drink water and they do, they get out of their chair and they do s- certain things. And I'm like, oh man, that sounds so funny, but they're way better about taking care of themselves than we are. It's like I get mad at my Apple Watch when it's like time to stand. I'm like, leave me all alone. All I can think of, have you ever seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? All I can think of, medicine time. <laughs> it's exercise time. <laughs> well, as always, I feel a hundred times better just from spending time with you all. And I don't know how that magic works, but I do. Um, thank you all. This is our biggest podcast ever, having so many of us together. And I think we did pretty well. I, I give us an A for, yeah. for this. Um, so thank you, all five of you, for being willing to come on and do this episode. And thank you for those of us or those of you who have kind of tuned in and listened to us this whole time. We are so grateful for you as well. We will keep talking all month long about Women's History Month and women using social media to organize for good. Um, so if you want to follow along with the content that we've got going, you can find it on at Think Spry on all the social media channels. You can join Spry Space, our Facebook group, and we'll be talking about it in there as well. Um, and we adore you. That's what I that's that's what I got. OK, Bye, everybody. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'll talk to you all later. Bye-bye. 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 Goodbye.